in this series called Soul Food. Everybody say Soul Food. And the way to kick off the last part of this message is like this. They ate all of your Halloween candy, and there's no more left. I ate all your Halloween candy. You're just joking. Uh, nope, I ate it all. I ate it all. No! Yuck. No! I hate you! You took me over candy that we worked so hard to get! We were looking for an hour! Well, I ate some too. How many of y'all would get that emotional if someone ate all your Halloween candy? Someone ate your candy? No, no? Okay, maybe not your Halloween candy. Have you ever been in the car with somebody? Maybe you was on the way home, and you was like, hey, I'm going to use a random name, Liz. I'm going to go um, I'm gonna go to McDonald's. Do, do, do you want me to grab you something? Nah, I don't want anything. I'm good. I'm going to have some cereal at the house. I bet. Perfect. So, of course, I get my McChicken plus a chicken nugget meal, large fry. Got to do that. And uh, I, I'm on my way. And uh, I get to the house, and I'm, I'm eating all my fries. I go do something, and I walk right back, and I, I ain't got no more fries left. Like, what happened? She said, I just took a couple. A couple? I had a large fry. I ain't got no fries now. Like, what's going on? Thought you, if you, did, if you wanted something, you should have told me. God has blessed. We could buy you some fries. You don't got to take my fries. How many of y'all like sharing your food? Exactly. How many of y'all like, no, nah, what's mine is mine. If you wanted that, you should have ordered that. Yo, yo, all right, now let me ask you this question. How many of you actually finish all of your food? Uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. Now let me ask this. This has nothing to do with the message at all. How many of you, um, if you, if you don't finish the food, you take the food to go? But then by the time trash day rolls around, you get in trouble at the house because your food that you took two weeks ago still sitting inside your refrigerator and you ain't even touch it. How many of you like that? Pastor Liz, your hand is up. Okay, good. I'm just making sure. Just making sure. This idea of soul food, it, it, it is funny because the people that, those kids that we was watching, they were getting mad. They, they had all this emotion coming up because somebody, they were told, it was a joke, but they was told that their Halloween candy got ate. And like the last girl said, she said, I worked so hard for that. I walked for hours to get that candy. I, I feel that. How many of you could say, I've been emotional maybe once or twice, three times? A few times, more often than not, we, 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 all, we all have this emotional side of us. It's funny, I, I, have, I am a over-the-top emotional person. Um, when I'm happy, you can see it. When I'm sad, you can see it. I'll probably be the first one in my friend group to cry. And I'll be the loudest one in my friend group to celebrate. I'm just, I'm consistent. I'm, I'm extra everywhere I go. I'm just, I, I, I just naturally do that. But it's funny because I, I have some, I have some of my friends, uh, Josiah being one of them. And um, it's funny because Josiah, he, he's like, a, he, he's calm, cool, and collected. Like 007. You feel me? Like, like he, he, he just stays here. 
But then I got to see him at his wedding. And even in celebrating his wedding, I saw an emotional side of him that I've never seen before. And, and, and I don't know if he would even classify himself as someone emotional, but something that I do know is whether we are over the top and too extra like I am, or if you feel like you're pretty calm, cool, and collected, we all have emotions to deal with. How many of you have ever been happy? How many of you have ever been mad? How many of you have ever been disappointed? Yeah, we, we, we have all had in some form or another, we all handle it a little bit differently, but we've all had this idea of emotions. Now, Pascal, why are you talking about emotions? Again, we're in this series, finishing this series called Soul Food, where we're talking about what we feed our soul. Our soul is made up of three parts. Everybody say mind, will, emotions. Mind, will, emotions. We're going to try that one, one more again. Mind, will, emotions. Look at y'all. That's just like in a bandit. Close. Um, mind, will, and our emotions. Week one, we talked about our mind, what, what we feed our mind. Week two, we talked about our will, those things that we're doing, our actions. Now, talking about our emotions, because again, we're going to be feeding ourselves all the time, whether it's through social media, a conversation, something we see on TV, music, it all feeds us. And so we have to make sure that we're feeding ourselves the right thing to get the right outcome that you and I both want in our life. Have you ever heard this phrase, you are what you eat? Man, growing up, I used to eat Burger King like I owned it. I promise you. I, I had Burger King all the time, the little chicken fries. That was my favorite thing, the little chicken fries. And I remember my mom telling me, you're going to turn into a little chicken finger. You keep eating all them chicken fingers. Anybody else, you've been told you was going to turn into a chicken. You're going to turn into a chip. You're gonna turn, I, my mom used to tell me that all the time. You're going to turn into a chicken. All the chicken you eat. Liz started saying it too. She, as soon as we got married, she found out how high my food bill actually was. So I can eat. I just buy big clothes. I, I can eat, though. And uh, she was like, man, you're going to turn into a chicken, all that. And it, it got bad one time because I was eating a lot of steak. And she said, you're going to turn into a cow. I was like, it's one thing to call me a chicken. You're going to call me a cow? I, you, you are what you eat. I would say, although my mom was joking whenever she said that to me growing up, like, obviously I ain't no chicken. I ain't a chicken head. I, I, I ain't a chicken but there, I do actually believe that you and I are what we eat. Now, maybe not physically the food that I eat, but it's funny how the words that I listen to from songs and music and TV quickly become words that I start using when I, in my conversations. The actions that I see in movies and TV and on TikTok and all these things quickly, pretty quickly become some actions that I'm doing in my own life. Some of them are great, some of them are positive, and some of them, maybe they wouldn't be my choice to do, but I've been influenced to do it. You see, um, how many of y'all like fruit? You like fruit. I like fruit. You like fruit, okay? Um, I like fruit, but here's something that I've learned about fruit trees that maybe, maybe you've learned too. Um, an apple tree will not produce a banana. I know that I, I don't know if it's got to do with them osmo, osmotosis or something like that, but a, but a, but a, but an apple tree will not produce. I'm joking. Don't quote that. An apple tree will not produce a banana. I, I could tape a banana on the tree. 
I can do whatever I want. I can try to sew it on. I can make it look fake. I, I can do whatever I want. But an apple tree is never going to produce a banana. Why? Because what is inside of the apple tree, the DNA of that apple tree is not meant to produce a banana. It, it has its own thing. And so I can look at a tree, see what fruit is hanging from it, and tell you I can label that tree based off of the fruit that is hanging on it. The Bible said that your life and my life is just like a tree. And how if we are Christians, if we are Christ followers, people should be able to look at our life and say whether or not we actually follow Christ. Now, although we don't, I hope you don't have fruit growing on your body. I hope not. But although we don't have fruit um, the idea of fruit is something that is visible, something that comes from who you are and it just comes out. So my words, my actions, how I treat people, the things that I say to my parents, my attitude, that becomes the fruit, the visible things of who you and I actually are. And again, the Bible says that people ought to be able to tell that we are a Christ. When I'm at Walmart at midnight, you should be able to tell that I follow Jesus still. Ain't cussing nobody out, flicking people off because they cut in front of me in the parking lot, which that happens quite often, they cut in front of me. But if we, people should be able to tell at any point in time, I'm a Christ follower in a relationship, out of a relationship, on my social media, on my likes on social media, on my saved posts on social media from my music selections to what I watch on TV. There is this idea of bearing fruit, this idea of what we see, what produces on the outside of us. You see, the Bible, again, talks a lot about how people can tell who we are based on what we do and what we produce. But then we have this idea of emotions. And, and how many of you um, have, can say music has affected your emotions before? You ever been in a great mood, heard a sad song? It's like, oh, bottom lip came out. You ain't even mean for it. So you like, roll that back in. I ain't even mean for that to happen. Or, or, or maybe, maybe like you, you was like kind of sad or kind of confused, frustrated with a situation. DMX song came on, and now you looking mad and like you, like you about to cuss somebody out. Like you just walking, like just ready to jump and pounce on somebody. Like you looking mad. Maybe that hasn't been you. Have you ever been in a sad mood? You heard a song and it like it made you kind of happy. It's like you know what, everything's gonna be all right. It, 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 everything's gonna be okay. We are constantly feeding our emotions. It's 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 funny how sometimes we think. What I see, what I listen to, what I hear will not affect me emotionally, but it all does. The words that people say to me, the words that I hear people saying about my friends, that affects me emotionally. The words that how I hear uh, the, the team that I get to work with, the, the, the coworkers that I have, how I hear them talking to each other affects me. We are all going to be influenced by words, by things we see, by things we hear in our emotion. But here's the thing. Growing up in church, um, it was almost like you were, I was told, uh, it was almost like I was told you either had to, it was okay if you were emotional if you expressed your emotions this way. Otherwise, you can't have any emotions at all. Or like you, you, you almost had to suppress, like it's not okay to get angry. 
I used to hear that growing up. It's not okay to get angry. You should always be happy. But the reality is I'm not always happy. Jesus flipped tables. Why can't I? I know y'all thought that was, that's the only verse that y'all got memorized. Jesus flipped tables, mama. We, we, listen, it, Jesus went through all these different emotions, but, but somehow, in some reason, um, somebody made me feel at some given point in time like God could not handle my emotions. Mind you, homie's the one who gave me all my emotions. So it's ignorant and stupid to think that the God who made me, the God who gave me all these emotions, needs me to suppress them, needs me to push them down, needs me to act like they are not even there, or needs me to act like I got it all figured out, that I can't have this idea of emotion. There's this influence that we're all going through. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 4, it talks about that there's a time for everything. One of the things it says is that there's a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance. There's a time for everything. We're all going to have at some point in time an emotion that we're going to be feeling. And there's nothing wrong with it. You see, our biggest problem isn't the emotions that you and I have. Our biggest problem is choosing what to do with the emotions that we have. Emotions themselves are not bad. Being angry is not bad. Punching a police officer in the face, I don't suggest it. Being happy is not bad. Being so happy that now I start celebrating by doing something stupid, maybe not the best way. So again, the emotion itself is not our problem. It's the decisions, the choices that we make with what we do with those emotions that you and I, we have to watch out for. You see, in my life, I'm weird. It's okay. I'm weird. I know it. Liz married me still. I'm weird. Um, when I make decisions, especially like when, when, when I'm in my emotions, when I'm in my feelings, I feel like I got like an angel on one shoulder and a devil on the other shoulder. Y'all ever seen that in like movies? Like where it was, and I, I really did like, again, I'm weird. I have like multiple conversations in my head. And, like, I, I be talking back and forth to them, like, this is, no, I should be doing that. No, you should be doing that, Caleb. I should be. I'm talking about myself in the third person. It's like, he's talking, he's talking, and I'm talking. It's like, I'm trying to figure out what I should do. See, because I have this side of me that tells me how I want to react to my emotions. That tells me what I should do, how I should handle some things. But then I have this other side, this side of me that, is buying into Jesus, the side of me that is trying to do things God's way that tells me, no, Caleb, don't handle things that way because, remember, you're trying to do Jesus. Jesus, not Caleb. Jesus, do things God's way. And so I have this battle in my head. It's really funny. I have this battle in my head of what choice am I going to make? Because, again, you and I have to realize emotions aren't our problem. But how we handle emotions can be the problem. See, um, it, there's nothing wrong with a car. Cars themselves, ain't nothing wrong. A car has not been, two cars have not been parked, flat ground, and gotten in an accident. Two cars ain't never done that. You get a driver on the inside of the car. Some of y'all driving, because some of y'all be driving crazy. I see how y'all pull up here. You get, you get someone driving the car, 
You get a driver in the car, and then you can most likely have an accident. Same thing when it comes with our emotions. The emotions represent that car. There's nothing wrong with the emotion. There's nothing wrong with the car. But when a driver, when I try to drive my own emotions and make my own choices inside of those things, that's when I can start getting into some accidents in life, into some uh uh-oh moments, into some I didn't mean to do that kind of moments. That happens with all of us. Galatians chapter 5, verse 17 It says this, for we naturally love to do evil things. You and I, naturally. Nobody had to teach it to us. We naturally love to do evil things that are just the opposite from the things that the Holy Spirit tells us to do. And the good things that we want to do when the Holy Spirit has his way with us are just the opposite of our natural desires. So God's telling me to do things one way. And then I'm telling myself to do something a whole other way. These two forces, these two voices, these two beings within us are constantly fighting each other to win control over us. And our wishes are never free from their pressures. You see, we all have this internal battle of do things God's way, do things my way. At the end of the day, every single one of us, we have that battle inside of us. Do things God's way, do things my way. And even, I would say, even if we don't know exactly what God's way is, we know sometimes that our way ain't the best way. We know there's another way. I might not know exactly what it is, but I know for sure it ain't this over here with what I'm thinking I'm wanting to do, keying somebody's car just because they did something to you. I know for sure it ain't that. I, I, I need something else to get in here. See, when we do things our ways, we're going to get our kind of results. What kind of results do you and I get when we try to handle our emotions all on our own? We'll, we'll get a temper. Anybody ever had a temper? H- had anger problems? In fifth grade, I knew I had anger problems. We had a book fair at Lakeland Christian School, and I bought a book in fifth grade on how to handle anger. I knew I had anger, but I've been screwed up from the beginning. I knew I had anger, but I, I, I had a temper. I was trying to do things on my own. We, we, we could deal with anger. We could deal with jealousy. You ever been jealous before? We can deal with jealousy over him, over her, over what they got, over what they drive, over what they just bought, over what they wear. We can have jealousy. We can have this idea of pride come in, this emotion of pride, of I can't do no wrong. It's everybody else's fault. It ain't never me. It's always on everybody else. It's every teacher that I've ever had for the past 16 years as to why I'm not doing school, not me. Every other teacher's fault. When there's this idea of insecurity that you, can, you and I can have. If we try to handle our emotions on our own, we can become insecure as we do this thing. See, but then when we do things God's way and we get God's results, later on in Galatians, it talks about what God's, uh, handling things God's way brings about. In Galatians 5, 22 through 23 says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. This here in, in church world is called the fruit of the Spirit. Everybody say, the fruit of the Spirit. Remember earlier we talked about how you can judge a tree based off of the fruit it produces? Right? Remember we talked about that? How an apple tree won't produce a banana because that's not right? 
What this is saying is if I have truly bought into this idea of Jesus that he died for my life, he saved me from my sins, and now he's Lord of my life. If I buy into that idea, then as I continue to grow in relationship with him, I should have more love. I should have more peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and more self-control as I continue my relationship with Jesus. You see, the Greek word for the word fruit, everybody say fruit. The, the Greek word, the original context for that word uh, is actually uh, the word karpos. Everybody say karpos. Karpos, there's no test at the end of this. But, but this is what, I'm telling you this for a reason. That word for fruit is actually the word karpos, which means a result of something. Literally means the fruit as a result of something. So, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of results in our life. And then it goes on to list those nine things of the fruit of the Spirit. See, there should be some results in our life as we continue growing closer with God. Again, it's going to be based on what I feed myself. If I feed myself my own ego and I do things the way that I want to do them, if I handle my emotions the way that I want to handle them, if I'm feeding myself negative thoughts or if I'm allowing people's input to come in that aren't pushing me towards Jesus, but they're being just as petty as what I'm trying to be right now, then all I'm going to do is go the exact opposite way of God. But if I feed myself, if I allow some things inside of me that actually push me closer to what God says and to treat people how God says to do it and to live life how God says to do it, then that is how I get this on the inside of me. That's how love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control continue to grow in my life. But I have to put something in me for it to ever come. These fruits, these nine things, the fruit of the Spirit are results of having God in our lives. You see, the closer you and I get to Jesus in our relationship, the more spiritual maturity we gain, the more emotional maturity we gain. As I grow closer to Jesus and I get stronger there, emotionally I get stronger. What does it mean to be emotionally strong? That means I don't say every thought that comes to my mind. I don't do every action that I just want to do. I don't respond to every feeling that I have because feelings are great and emotions are great to add to my life, but God never intended for them to run our life. So we have to be so mindful with what we choose and what we decide to feed ourselves, feeding our souls with his way of dealing with our emotions, with his way of making decisions, with God's way of choices about our life. So then the question comes here, and I'm closing with this. The question comes here, what does God say to do with my emotions? If God has an opinion, I want to know what it is so that I know actually how to live this whole thing out. So what does God say to do with our emotions? It's so simple that we'll run past it, but I need you to listen. What does God say to do with our emotions? He says to talk to him about them. He literally says, come to me with your emotions. I can handle it. Let's work this thing out together. See, something that I remember whenever I was growing up, when I was playing football, I would get so mad at the end of a game if I had a bad game or, or if we lost or whatever. And I remember my mom and my dad, they came to me and they said, Caleb, you got 10 minutes to be mad and then get it together. 
They said, we could talk about it, we could do whatever you need, but you got 10 minutes to get all that funkiness out, and then we're going somewhere. We're, we're, we're moving on. Sometimes when we're in our emotions, the last thing we want is for somebody to come and to help pull us out of it. But it's the exact thing that you and I need. And again, it doesn't mean to wipe away emotion. It doesn't mean to run past things. I remember when my grandma passed away, I was not happy and jumping and skipping around. I had some pain. I had some sorrow. I was confused. I was mad at God. I didn't understand what was going on. Just like what the verse said earlier, there is a time and a season for everything. But seasons change. So that means I can't stay in a little pity party. I need to make sure that I'm going somewhere in order to help pull me out of that. God said, I want to help you. Come to me with what's going on. 1 Peter 5 verse 7 says this. Casting all your cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. It's funny. I only take my emotions to people that I genuinely think care about me. Because if you're going to see me in an emotional state, if you're going to be see me vulnerable like that, then I need to know that you care about me. Why? Because I don't want you talking about me afterwards. I don't want you making fun of me. If I'm going to be that open with you, I need to know that you got my back. Even when I'm not in the room, you're going to protect me. You're going to be looking out for me. Even when I'm not there. God said, I will do that for you, but you got to give me a shot. You got to let me help you with this emotional side. You see, one of my favorite things about this book and about our Christian faith is the fact that Jesus was 100% man. See, sometimes we'll read the story of Jesus and we'll talk about him and we'll, th th yes, there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Jesus was there in the beginning. That's something for a whole nother time. There is all that tied up in this book. But Jesus, while he was here on earth, was 100% man, which means every emotion that you have ever had to deal with, Jesus dealt with it too. Every emotion that I've ever dealt with, Jesus dealt with it too. Every temptation that you and I have ever had to deal with, Jesus dealt with it too. Every time you and I have encountered some stupid people, Jesus encountered them kind of people too. They didn't even have Google back then. Like Jesus was, Jesus was in this as well. And the Bible said that even though he walked the earth the same way you and I do, faced the same things that you and I do, he did so without sin. He did so perfectly. Why does that matter? Because right before Jesus was about to get crucified, right before he got handcuffed and falsely accused for a crime he never committed and paid a price that he didn't need to pay for you and for me. Right before that point in time, he was in this place called the Garden of Gethsemane. He knew that his time was coming up. He knew they were about to come and arrest him. Again, he was God, so he knew what was finna happen, but he was man, so he was feeling every single thing that was happening. And as he was in this garden, he was praying. That's what he was doing. And, and, and I love the vulnerability of Jesus. And if there's something that you and I can learn, it's that emotions are God-given. It is okay to have an emotion. Emotions make us human. Emotions show us our humanity. Having empathy for people. Having compassion for people. Being sad when you see someone crying. Being joyful when you see someone happy. Jesus was going through it. He was so tore up. He said, God, is there another way for this thing to happen? I can only imagine the pain, the hurt, the, the betrayal, the anger, 
the confusion, the feeling of loneliness. He fell all in that one moment. The Bible actually says emotions were so high, the pressure was so high for Jesus in that moment that he literally started sweating blood. I played sports my entire life. Not once have I ever sweated blood. Doctors can confirm what happens when you sweat blood. The pressure in your body gets so much. It's more than, you ever felt like your head was finna pop? Like maybe from a test or a situation that you were in? Yeah, his literally started busting. Blood vessels in his head started bursting around his body. Started bursting with blood. He was sweating blood because of the emotion that he was feeling. It was so real for him. And he was 100% God also. Yet he knew, even though I'm God, I am 100% man. And for man to be able to fully take over this and move forward, I'm going to have to make sure that I go to my daddy. I'm going to have to go to God. And I'm going to have to pray to him in order to help this whole thing out. So that's why he said, Jesus, if there's any, or God, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And it's funny because at the very end of the prayer, after he gets up and after he starts to move forward, he said to his disciples that were with him, Get up, let's go, it's time. It's funny how in, in that emotional state of being down, he ended up praying to God, and after praying to God, his response was, get up, let's go, it's time. Let's go make it happen. I don't know what that means for you, and I don't know where that is for you emotionally, but I know for me there's been times where I've been in that depression kind of a state. There's been times where I have felt lonely, like I am, I'm in a room full of people, but I'm the only one that seems to be there. I know what it is to feel like there's all, there's all these groups that are around me, but yet I'm the only one that has no place. I don't fit in anywhere. I'm too awkward. I'm too different. I'm too weird. I know what it feels like to be there. I know what it feels like to be so angry that I'm brought to tears, and I can't even express how I'm feeling right now, and I don't even want to do anything because I'm just trying to figure out what emotions are running through my head. I know what it is to feel that way, and maybe you do too. Maybe you know what it feels like to be confused by all your emotions, and I guarantee you that's exactly what happened with Jesus. And Jesus said, although I'm in this confusion, although it doesn't make sense, although emotions pull me in every which way, I know that I can go to God and he will center everything that's in my mind. The difference is, the choice is ours. Are we going to try to handle it on our own, white-knuckling it, doing something that God never intended for you and I to do? Or are we going to go to him? He never intended for you to handle your emotions on your own. I don't know how to deal with my emotions. You're not supposed to know how to deal with them. It's what he's there for. If you could deal with them, then there would be no need for him. There are some things that are above our pay grade. So... Your friends may not be able to handle your emotions. Your family, they might write you off because of your emotions. You might not understand yourself at time because of your emotions. But God loves you, loves me, even with all of our emotions. See, since he's the one who gave us the ability to feel, he's the one who gave us the ability to have emotions, he's the only one that can help you and I navigate how to make the right choices through our emotions. Everybody stand to your feet. I don't know if you've ever done this, but in the morning, maybe on your way to school on the bus or something like that, maybe you've experienced driving early in the morning and there's like a fog that you can't really see too far down the road. Uh, I've experienced that in 
and it makes me think of these emotions of, man, I'm driving my life down. I'm, tell them I'll answer in a minute. I'm driving my life down this road. And as I'm driving down this road, there, there's this fogginess of my emotions to where I can't think clear. So I'm having a really hard time making the right decision. I'm, I'm having to work 200% just to do what I did every other day last week at 100%. I, I'm so foggy. I can't find a clarity for what decision I'm supposed to make because all those emotions that come in. And then you keep driving because you're just looking just a little bit in front of you. I don't have to see the end destination. I just need to be able to see the next few feet in front of me, next few feet in front of me. That's exactly what God does for your life and my life. He doesn't need to show us the far end game. He just says, hey, I'm, I'm lighting this area up for you to take a step here. Take a step there, and I'll show you where the next step is. And once you take a step there, I will show you where the next step is. Just keep taking a step. In our obedience to him, he continues to reveal those next steps. See, all this change, we're talking about these emotions, that change happens from the inside out. Again, we started off this whole thing talking about a tree. I can't tape something on a tree and then call it, I can't tape a banana to an apple tree and call it a banana tree because reality is that's not what it is. There's a DNA that is on the inside of it that has said what it is. For you and I to change, for you and I to handle our emotions better, for you and I to handle life better in this way, we have to change from the inside out. See, the fruit, what people see, that is the after effects of decisions that you and I have made beforehand. You get someone who wants to lose weight, they put in time in the gym for days, weeks, months before you see the results of the work that they've done. Same thing with our faith life. We need to lean in. We need to put in some work, getting to know Jesus more, spending that private time, talking to him more, making sure we're putting the right food in our soul in order to benefit our mind, benefit our will, benefit our emotions, making sure we're feeding ourselves the right thing because we're always going to be feeding ourselves. But the difference is, is it something that's going to benefit me or is it going to be something that's going to hurt me? The more that I pursue God in my personal life, the more I will see the evidence of him in my life. Those nine things that we talked about, those fruit of the spirit, those are evidence of God's growth in our life. But it takes us pursuing. He's always there. But if I don't pursue him, I won't even know what to look for. Jesus, we love you so much. We're so grateful that you don't come just to enhance one aspect of our life, but you come to help enhance and bring clarity to every part of our life. So God, over, I pray over every single one of these students that are here, by God, that as we're continue going through our day-to-day -day with school, as we continue going... Uh, through summertime that's about to come and, and dealing with everything that goes on with family and in our personal minds and personal lives. I pray that you help give us clarity with our emotions, clarity with the choices and decisions that we're supposed to be making. And I pray that you, we get the right people, the right voices, the right entertainment in our life that continue to push us closer to you and not pulling us away from you or the way that you would do things. Because we know that when we do things your way, we get your results. Jesus, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.